0: I'm Erin Moran,
1: and I'm David Lively,
0: and this is Talking Shop, where we explore some of the stickier challenges that come up in Advancement, and today we're talking about how to react to a gift that you might not want to accept.
1: Yeah, we talk with donors all the time, and many times we're trying to articulate an idea that illustrates our mission, our vision, our strategies. And sometimes donors come up with their own ideas (laughs) and they are completely separate from what we're trying to achieve. So I think the key is how do you approach this scenario? And the answer is, as with
0: most things in our business, it depends. (laughs) Spoiler alert, that's the answer to every question on the show is it depends. (laughs) I think one of the things that can be really tough is you go through campaign planning process, usually as a result of a strategic planning process that precedes it, that is university-wide, it's probably a year or longer in, to create. It involves so many people. And it, at the end of it, it, it culminates in focused priorities that the institution agrees are going to move, move you forward. And that's what you usually take into a campaign planning process. So typically, the campaign is built around those initiatives and The challenge is any gift is, of course, appreciated. It's always wonderful when a donor wants to make a gift. Let's say that for sure. The challenge can become when you have a really high-level donor who wants to give to something specific that's outside of the box of what it is that you're trying to accomplish Then you have a problem with your campaign pyramid and trying to figure out how you're still going to get to your goal if you have all of this support in another category. And you also have the challenge of kind of what to do about those areas that might not receive funding as a result.
1: Yes, there are so many times a donor has an idea that is a brilliant idea. And your institution, your president, your dean, or whatever you work with can find a way to connect the dots between that donor's idea and your strategic priorities. And if you've been working really hard with it to help under, a donor understand what the needs are, you can oftentimes make those connections. Sometimes they will come up with an idea that is so wacky or <laughs> out of left field that it's much harder. And there, there are times when the institution can say, oh, that might be a great idea. We hadn't considered that. Right. That often is the case. Yeah. Also, I would say that when you create your campaign priorities, it's rare that you're going to actually achieve all of your campaign goals. True. So that may be an issue, but I think it's less an issue than do you accept what could end up being, for lack of a better term, a bad gift?
0: Exactly. And let's also point out that this is usually a problem that should have surfaced in a feasibility study. Assuming that this is a really large gift, which is the kind of gift we're talking about. Having said that, people change their minds and people get ideas about what they want to do. And it's wonderful to have people who are really invested in the university and want to revitalize it in some unique way. But it just can't, it can be a sticky issue. And the, the, one of the hardest things in the world to do is to. Have a conversation where you really get down to the point of trying to steer the donor into another direction.
1: Yeah. And we all learn to be donor centric. We all focus on what the donor wants, but when what the donor wants is not a clear priority or even beyond that is actually something the university does not want. It becomes a real challenge because the donor may decide to shop this thing around somewhere else.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: they, the, your gift that would have been your gift ends up going somewhere else. And let's think of some examples. I think there are really interesting examples of challenging gifts. The first and most obvious for me is a gift that we call a gift that eats. (laughs) Yeah. A gift that eats is one where a donor makes a gift to you and it forces the institution to then go around and spend millions of more dollars to actually execute on what the gift is trying to achieve because probably the gift wasn't enough.
0: Yeah. So let me give an example of what this kind of looks like. Let's say a donor comes to you and says oh, I want to create a brand new program. So I'm going to give you all this money to start this new program. But of course, let's play this out in real life. If you're thinking about what financially it would take to not only start a program, find the space, find the faculty, find the, the administrative staff, but also to continually fund that, typically you're going to find that Even a mega gift may not be big enough to really sustain that. And even if you get the initial funding, the seed funding to do all of those things, if you get the entire bucket of funding to start a program, you're still going to have programs that evolve and change. There's going to be ancillary expenses coming up as a result.
1: I ask our fundraisers to first start with the budget like how much do you need and how do you know? And so to really kick the tires and understand what it is the gift is going to do, what is it going to cost? What are the upfront costs? What are the ongoing costs? Are there larger costs down the road? And there's a bunch of things that fundraisers aren't particularly familiar with. Mm -hmm. It's getting them an understanding of the budgeting process and thinking about the gift today, the gift tomorrow, and the gift five years from now, and the project that they're trying to fund. And so maybe, the, maybe that's the, the bigger, more important question. Is this a program the university wants to do?
0: Right, exactly. Is
1: it something that is so far afield from their mission that it's not something they want to do? And there are a number of reasons why I think presidents and deans are inclined to say yes to these gifts. And here's the biggest reason in my mind. They may say yes to a gift, even a gift, eat, a gift that eats, a gift that will cost them money because they anticipate this is a starter gift, a test gift, and it's going to lead to something bigger and better. And they're convinced they can that they can encourage the donor to focus on their priorities. And right. this is a lead-in. And that may be accurate. Or maybe that this gift leads to a larger gift for the same program they didn't want in the first place.
0: <laughs> That's the danger.
1: <laughs> and so it's trying to understand when you can say no, and if you can say no, and how to say no. And just like donors may say no to our solicitations, it doesn't always mean no forever. And it does, it may just be no to this or no right now. And so it's, it's trying to give that narrow pathway between their passion and your mission and finding a better, clearer way to connect the dots.
0: It's so hard. It's so hard to say no to any gift, especially when you're in a campaign and there's all this pressure. And I think obviously there's, got to be a process by which you you go through the struggle of trying to meet in the middle or trying to figure out a way to make it work. But at the end of the day, I think it's really the most donor-centric and respectful thing you can do to say to the donor that for whatever reason, the institution's direction and what it is that they're trying to accomplish aren't aligned because The worst thing you could do is accept a gift and then basically give your donor the sense that you are going to take things in a certain direction and then they don't go that way. That's got to be a real disappointment to your donor.
1: Absolutely. And then there are also things that might be challenging for your institution's brand or your mission if you accept a gift. I'm going to say randomly, let's say someone wants to offer you this. They want to create a new museum on your campus for wooden shoes. (laughs) You don't need a museum of wooden shoes on your campus, but this donor's a billionaire. And if you've got this, maybe you convince them to do something bigger. I think that's probably you're talking yourself into doing something that is a bad idea.
0: I'm giggling because I'm remembering several things that were almost at the level of wooden shoe museums. Yes.
1: That is a completely made-up <laughs> yes. example, just to be clear. I made that up in my head two minutes ago, but it but it is the exemplary of the types of things yeah. that sometimes donors want to do. And it's important that you can say no and feel comfortable going back to that person. And oftentimes I've seen donors offer gifts to create things or do things or give a collection of things to us that we just don't want to do. We just right. And the best way to frame the response, in my opinion, is we don't think we'd be very good at doing that. There may be other institutions that would be better at executing on your gift. We hope you'll still consider us and your top three organizations that you support. But that's that particular gift is not something we wanna do. And I can think of any number of examples throughout my 28 years where a donor has offered something, whether it's a physical structure on campus that you just simply don't want or need, or it's to, to create a new football stadium or basketball arena in a place yeah. that you can't remotely get the approvals and all things necessary to do it. Yeah. And that's it, multiple campuses I've seen this. So there's a lot of times you have to say no But you have to find a way to to say no in in a fashion that will keep the donor engaged in other ways.
0: Can I just point out that Dave just claimed to be 28 years old? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Is it in my 28 years? In my 20, (laughs) I
1: should have clarified in my 28 plus years of fundraising. (laughs)
0: Dave started fundraising at the age of 10. So to be fair, he is actually 38 That's
1: right. So yeah, no, 28 years of experience as a fundraiser since graduating from college. So it's a long time of watching this happen. And I've seen many organizations over the years accept gifts for many of the wrong reasons with the assumption that they are going to be savvy and turn this donor around. And oftentimes, most often they don't. But so it's important to have that level of trust in what your process and that someone else so that and also that some it's okay to say goodbye to a donor. We and we can't wrap all of our hopes into one donor.
0: Yeah, I do think though that there's something to be said for it in that I think you you engender the kind of respect from your community, including from the donor when you stay focused on what it is that you're trying to do. And hopefully that leads to more support from other people who are bought into that mission.
1: That's right. And then there are times when maybe the stakes are small and the gift is not that big, but you do it anyway because you are looking down the road. And there are times when you want to do that. And I think it's understanding with the leadership of the institution driving this, not the fundraisers, that this may make sense it may not be exactly what you're hoping to do, but let's find ways to do this and talk to the donor about other ways to do it. So I think there's there are examples I can give where you might accept X, Y, or G, not a museum of wooden shoes necessarily. Right.
0: <laughs> I do have to say that artwork is such a great example of yeah. this type of thing. I've seen artwork come up so many times because typically you, you can't have, if you have a university museum, you can't have a collection that focuses on every single thing. There's going to be, your collection is going to focus on specific types of artwork. And this is a very common thing to come up, that somebody may come to you with valuable artwork that represents sort of an area that's not part of what you're focusing on collecting. The last thing you want to do is take something that has exceptional educational value that might be very prominently displayed in a different type of museum. And basically keep it in storage. You don't want to do that no. or keep it somewhere where it's not as, as prominently dispi- displayed as the donor envisions. Well,
1: in that case, you're going to you're gonna take a gift thinking you're going to turn this around and you end up upsetting the donor. Exactly. Because, because again, you go back to the original thing we said, which is, can you execute on this gift in a way that is going to meet the objectives of the donor and the institution both?
0: Exactly. And if
1: you can't, you shouldn't accept it.
0: Exactly. Okay, I'm gonna throw a little a little wrinkle into it because I've seen this too. What about when somebody wants to make a gift like that? Maybe let's say it's not so far afield that you would necessarily not accept it, but for the fact that it's a challenge gift. So, in other words, the donor wants you to raise an equal amount from your donor base. And let's say it's enough of an amount that your donor base that would have been solicited for a campaign priority is now being solicited potentially for this other area?
1: So I think that the biggest question we would have, is this other area important enough to the institution that it could be consolidated into our priorities? Right. And so in some cases, yes. And again, it goes back to most of the donors we work with are really smart people. And so we don't have a monopoly on good ideas at the institution.
0: Absolutely. So, yes,
1: um, true. And so we should think about what donors are offering. Sometimes they don't fully understand how universities work or what our needs are, but it's our job to try to educate them in that regard. But we don't have a monopoly on good ideas. So there may be a really great idea with a matching challenge that is a wonderful thing we should do and we should yeah. pursue it, even if it might dilute the overall set of objectives we're trying to raise money for. However, I, to your point, I, I can see where, yes, you take this big gift and they're going to create a challenge. In that case, what we typically would do is we try to articulate what that challenge would look like. Right. How many prospective donors do we have at the relevant levels that could meet this? And if we can't do it, maybe it's not a one-for-one one challenge. Maybe it's a one-for-two challenge or something where oh. their gift is going to challenge others to do it, but it's maybe, it's not, maybe it's not going to be at the same level as their support. And again, it's trying to manage expectations because you can turn it, to, to quote one of my colleagues here, you can turn a good thing into a bad thing. by accepting this gift and telling them you're going to do this thing and then you don't actually achieve it.
0: Amen. That's the last thing you want to do. Yeah, I think you're right. You said something earlier that really resonates, which is basically, I don't remember how you put it, but at the end of the campaign, what you've raised money for is not going to look like what you started out. No. And that's normal and typical. And it would be actually shocking if you ever did achieve all of your goals precisely as written But I think the main point is that you want to be moving in the direction that the institution is going. And if you're going to be accepting a challenge gift, particularly one, we're not talking about those challenge gifts that are for a giving day or something like that. We're talking about really big ones. It's important to really think about if you're going to have to redirect support from where you thought you were going to direct it. Then, what is it that you are willing to sacrifice in order to accomplish this match?
1: And I would also say, there there are multiple ways to finance the university priorities. Fundraising is only one. And so, what we want to do is look at all of the revenue sources and understand comprehensively as an institution how are we going to do all these things. We are a major source of financing for university priorities, but we're not the only one.
0: Yeah. So that's true. There's always the cafeteria. I'm <laughs> just kidding. That's right. Okay. I think that covers the topic of gifts that are challenging to accept. Thank you so much for joining in. And for those of you listening, who may be thinking about some of the challenges that you're facing that you'd like us to talk about, please feel free to write to us at talkingshop at evertrue.com.
1: And if you have a really large collection of wooden shoes, please do not send it. (laughs) way. All
0: right. Till next time. Take care.